Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks very much for downloading us. This week, it's Everton v Stoke. We've got Stephen Grant and Simon O'Brien. Hello there, how Hello. are you? Yeah, this is the Very podcast, excited. you can do all sorts on this, like extra content or just stay quiet, it's up to you. All right then, yeah, fair enough. Great, really enjoy okay. it. Okay, great, and, uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> for Stoke City, it's Nick Hancock and Natalie Sawyer. Hello to you. Hello there, Natalie, you're going to tell that story later? Yes, yeah, sure, good. We'll all right, same story, there we are, very, very good. So here's the podcast. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that pits fan against fan in a gladiatorial combat of wits. Our guests are given the opportunity to fulfil a lifelong dream and represent the team they've always supported. But who will be the fantasy footballer and who will be a living nightmare? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Yes, this week sees Everton take on Stoke. Representing Everton is actor and presenter Simon O'Brien, who's alongside team captain Stephen Grant. Hello to you two. Hi there, Charlie. Thank you very much for coming in. On the team sheet for Stoke, it's a welcome return to comedian and presenter Nick Hancock. Back again, Nick. Hello As always, lovely to have you. And who's with team captain Natalie Sawyer. Hello, Hello, Natalie. Hello, Charlie. Hello, hello, hello. Enjoying life under Ancelotti, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about it just before we started, you know, the sight of... uh, Duncan Ferguson, Nick was saying, pulling Carlo Ancelotti away from the ref. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never thought you'd see that day at Goodison Park. <laughs> Things you thought you'd never see. <laughs> Ferguson calming someone down. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, yeah. I thought he was pulling him back so that he could have a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not worth it, Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> he's not worth it. Now, Stephen, you're, you're in Brighton. And, yes. And were you ever tempted by any other teams uh, other Brighton? Well, it's funny you should mention that, but of course, growing up... And, uh, as a Brighton fan, we were languishing in the, the fourth sort of, of tier of the professional triangle. Yeah, uh, you played Torquay once in the league. That's I, how low you dropped. I know, I know. It's great times, great times. And I think we actually lost as well. It should just go show how far we've come. And you haven't. Nope. Uh, but more importantly, um, <laughs> it was weird off. being a Brighton fan because it was surrounded by the Glory Hunters. The Glory Hunters of the day were Man United fans. Yeah. And I am the father of two young boys now who I have adamantly try to bring up as Brighton fans of and they're age of six and seven where everyone around them can pick their favourite teams and it's really tough because they're in a sea of Liverpool fans right 
right yeah. now. And and they and I try to get them into the games. I've got the strip and I've got all the stuff. Lovely. And I take them away. And all they know is anger, misery and disappointment. It's <laughs> yeah. all they know. And everyone's telling me it'll make them stronger people later. But they hate it. Yeah. I say, did you want to come to the football? Because no, Daddy, it's sad. Well, a season yeah. in the Championship will do them good then, won't it? They're going to grow up near the sea. I'm a Stoke fan and I live in Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Landlocked. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, like the Trent Mersey Canal. You know, that's about it. <laughs> Nick, did you ever wish you supported someone else? It's the most ridiculous comment I've oh, ever heard okay, in my life. Anathema. No, no, no. Never, 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 no. never, no, no, no. Not never. Not never. Not never. Not never. Not never. No way. <laughs> no way. So what was your, how old were you for your first game? Uh, seven, I think I was. I went seven, seven I went with my granddad. Yes. And we won one nil against Huddersfield Town. It's often granddads that, that end up taking their grandchildren first, isn't it? It's absolutely. Because, because absolutely it's, it is, please because take him off my hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do something yeah, with him. Yeah. Come on, then. And dads would often be working on a Saturday of in course. those far off days. Yeah. And Natalie, any pressure from your family to support anyone other than no, Brentford? No, do you know the funny thing is, football in my family isn't a generational thing in terms of it's not being passed down the line. Um, my dad was not interested in football until. My, me and my brother showed some interest, oh. and then he became a fan. So really, football for him came when he was about 50. You 50 and he yeah. sports Brentford as well. And now he's, he's, not, he's very much Brentford He's not like now. a QPR. No, no, we're all Brentford. Flicking you the Vs no. on a Saturday. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, we'd certainly be well, laughing he does at that. He does do that. <laughs> <laughs> he does that, that anyway, you know. But yeah. It's just a general oh, thing brilliant. in the household. Right, so the scene is set for Everton v Stoke. To see you kick off, we start with a clip from the days before mobile phones, when if a team couldn't get hold of a player, there was only one thing to do, contact the TV show... Saint and Greavesy. One call this morning from the Welsh FA who I believe have lost a player. Did they reverse the charges, <laughs> I asked myself. They've lost a player. They've lost a player. It's a bit careless, isn't well, it? Well, somebody has pulled out the squad and they would like us to contact Mark Bowen, who I believe, because Norwich don't have a, a game today, he's down in Dorset. So if you're in the pub watching it, uh, Mark, Get on to the FA because you're going to be included for that Finland game. Oh, uh, yeah, get that cider out of the old system, son. You might be playing. Of course, in these days, when there isn't St. Greaves, you'd have to be told on Saturday Kitchen, wouldn't you? <laughs> 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 and, uh, if more Boeing's watching Saturday Kitchen. <laughs> Put your utensils down. Yeah. Get your boots. Maybe this is a service you could offer, Natalie, on your show every day with, yes. with Jim. You know, if any teams can't get hold of their players Just, or you're, you're late for training yes you could cool, read out cool, a list of people sport, who are late for training and, yeah we call could. Natalie oh that'd be lovely we could dish lovely. out the fines ourselves lovely Natalie yes, yeah. yeah. if professional footballers were like Sunday footballers and just waited on street corners to be picked up you'd just find a player anyway because yeah. on a Sunday morning if you drive around long enough you can get a squad together very simply that was considered quite advanced at the time we have to remember that they yeah. probably think we can phone in a show yeah they can put it out and then it will reach Dorset their minds would have been blown it the whole idea won't have reached Dorset. 30 years before then, they had to put his picture on a carton of milk or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why that's why he'd gone to Dorset, because he knew no one watches the football programmes in Dorset. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to be fair, actually, if you've been to Dorset, and no offence to our friend from the southwest here, the mobile phone reception is such that the Saint and Greavesy solution is still the best it's solution still, available. Yeah. <laughs> they could have written in sand and lol with cold. <laughs> Wait for the tide to go out. Yeah. What a lovely idea. Right, here's the question, though. Yeah. Can you tell me... Where are Wales in the current FIFA rankings? It's sealed bids. So whilst both teams confer, here's a short musical interlude. Right, I've got the bids from both teams, Everton and Stoke. Everton, 
you have said 24, 24th in the world. Stoke, you have said 19th. Yeah. The answer is 23rd, 23 in the world. Very, very close. Very, very close, Stephen and Simon. They are between the USA and Ukraine. So that means Everton, you will kick off next as both teams try and convince me that they are the biggest here today as we do this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Yes, it's my club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. And this isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Everton are going to go first. Simon, your 30 seconds starts now. Right. Well, Everton are the biggest club. It started in 1982. That's where I can take it back to. That's when it was proven because Stoke has a capacity of, I think it's 30,089, yeah? We've got a capacity of 35,200 and something. If you take up the average height of a supporter who goes, <laughs> that's 1.7 <laughs> metres, so that means the Stoke is 51,151 metres high. Wow. Everton are 67,272 metres high. Nice. But then you've got to factor in the players, bearing in mind the crouch factor, mm. OK? Uh. <laughs> so put the players on it, that gives you a total size of 75,162.025 metres for Stoke and 75,162.05 metres for Everton. Therefore, Everton are bigger and it all comes down to 0.025 metres, which we know we can convert to 2.5 centimetres, yeah? And of course, <laughs> post-Brexit, 2.5 centimetres is now an inch again. OK? And in 1982, you sold us Adrian Heath. Inchy. Inchy. Therefore, that's the difference between the teams. That transfer, we are an inch higher than you. We are a bigger club. Fact. Well, Be beautifully oof, done on science, on absolute facts. School of mm. science, mate. There it is, the school of Let's science. This is a fact-based society. <laughs> there we are. The OK, we're going to go over to you now, Nick. Stoke. Again, can you tell us why you are the biggest club here today? Well, it's difficult to argue with maths, isn't it? Now, that was an absolutely lovely argument, Simon. The one thing about Stoke fans is they do know the difference between the words taller and bigger, which are completely <laughs> different things, or fairly different things. Now, listen, there's two ways to go on this, isn't there? Either I can slag Everton off or I can big Stoke up. But, in fact, I'm going to take the third way, and in a truly Blairite way, I am going to actually big Everton up, because we are so much bigger than them that I'm perfectly happy to say what a fine club Everton is with the, the holy trinity of Ball, Harvey uh, and uh, Kendall, uh, the great midfield of Sheedy, Stephen, Reid and Bracewell. My favourite Everton uh, character of all time, the bloke who ran on the pitch after Graham Sharp scored at Anfield from outside the area with the glasses on doing the pretend aeroplane. How he wasn't sports personality of the year for 1985, God alone knows. But Stoke, like Everton, Everton are a proper club. You know, they've got lovely away accommodation there. Uh, you can see some <laughs> of the pitch from it. Um, uh, but uh, they were founded in 1878. Of course, Stoke's founded in 1863, so 15 years older. And I think 15 years more mature. We're not, a, we're not as vulgar as Everton. Everton have done that horribly <laughs> vulgar thing that new arrivists do. Uh, they've won things. What a ridiculous, show-offy thing to do Terrible. to win things. It is absolutely disgraceful. And the, uh, the other thing is but that we may not be the biggest club in the world, but we are the biggest club in our own city and have never lost uh, to Port Vale's under-21 side in the FA Cup. So there I am going to end my diatribe. <laughs> 
There we are. Wow, we, wow, we, amazing. Can I leave now. You can't. <laughs> no, no. You just offended me. No, I like it. You've like really offended me for two reasons. One, yeah. because oh. we don't win things either. So therefore, that's a spurious well, compared point. Compared with us, you do. And we are by far the biggest club in our city. You know, I'm, I'm tempted to go for that. <laughs> I mean, you, you did make the mistake of thinking football was about winning things. You were, that was a great point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, taller and bigger. That I mean, you know, <laughs> who's fatter? <laughs> well, Everton or Stoke fans? Can we establish that? Oh, I think we'd have a go for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, away accommodation. I'm assuming you meant the away end by that. Well, the away Not corner. some nice Airbnb. It isn't actually found. an end, is it? It's a corner right up at the top. Oh, there. Right up the, yeah. I hate yeah. that when they put you up. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Park's the third tier. If you have the oh, yes, James Bay is ridiculous. Yes, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. like going to the City of London Stadium. Mm. It's awful. You yeah. get the lower Bullens as well with the, with the wooden floor, so you can stamp your feet. Yes, we will love a bit of stamping a feet. Well, the big wooden. Flooring at the new ground. Something <laughs> <laughs> they should do for tradition's sake. Yeah. Or just you could bring your own plank of wood with you. Football's all about the two M's: movement and positioning. <laughs> You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Right now, it's time for this. Yes, it'll be Jim White on the night. Jim's going to list a series of clues about the identity of someone from the world of football. All you have to do is guess who. Feel free to dive in with your answer. First one to guess correctly gets the two goals that are up for grabs. Here's Jim with the first clue. Who am I? I was named after the inventor of the light bulb. Well, that's Anybody? Edison. Edison. He's gone with Edison. Or Thomas. It's spelled differently, though. It's not the answer. Apparently, it's not the answer. Anyone else? Thomas. Thomas. No. Okay. Next clue, please, Jim. I starred in a film alongside Sylvester Stallone. Anybody want to have a look? I think I know it is. I think I know it is. I think think it's Pele. I think it's Pele. Let's find out from Jim. I am Pelly. He is Pelly. Oh, very, very good. Edison Arantes Donacimento. There he is, Edison. Oh, yes, of course. What a good clue that was. And the movie was? Victory. I don't understand. Uh, didn't Sylvester Stallone say that he wanted to score the winning goal and didn't understand that a goalkeeper wouldn't do that? Well, <laughs> he's an Everton supporter, isn't he? So yeah. he knows nothing about football. <laughs> <laughs> OK, there we are. Let's have another one from Jim. Jim, can you give us another clue, please? Who am I? I was born in the Midlands in 1960. Born in the Midlands oh, in 1960. David Cooper. <laughs> David Cooper. Anybody else want to guess? 1960. Midlands in 1960. Nope. Next clue, please, Jim. I share my birthday with Winston Churchill. Gary Lineker. He's gone, Gary Lineker. Let's find out from Jim. I am Gary Lineker. Oh, well so done. Gone. There we are. Excellent. A draw that round two each. He's 60 this year. 60 years of age. He's 60 this oh, year. In five years' time, you'll be able to use the phrase Gary Lineker and pass in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Which means at the end of that round, the scores are Everton 4. Stoke 3. I'm Jim White. I've previously promoted Viagra. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as... Sporting Heretics. 
Yes, it's Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to share an idea they believe will change sport for the better. They're free to be as unorthodox as they wish as we taunt the traditionalists and poke the Puritans. Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, introducing in-game sound effects and a transfer window for fans. Nothing is off the table as we shake the snow globe of sport and watch where the pieces settle. Uh, Natalie, we're going to start with you. And I've got written here, Golf Hunger Games. Yeah, it's kind of a survival of the fittest. Okay. That's where I'm going. It's quite simple. Everyone has to tee off at the same time. So it is the first to complete the 18 holes, obviously with the fewest strokes, but we could add in the who does it the quickest uh, as well. Um, you could wear protective headwear. I'd advise it, but it's optional. It doesn't have to be part of the rules. But it could revolutionise the sport. It could make it a little bit fiercer, a bit more of that competitive edge that you could bring into it. Um, so not only do you have to worry about your game, you also have to worry about others, how they're playing, and you've got to look out for balls coming over your head, for example. And it's just a way of revolutionising the sport, like 2020 is to cricket's test yes. uh, match, let's say. So I just think it's all about not only you're testing the way that you play, but it's testing your survival skills yes. as well. I just think it'll make it a bit more interesting. fantastic idea. It's like the Shrove Tuesday game of football, isn't it? Yes. Just many, many yeah. more people yeah. all at once. Yeah. Perhaps when you said it first, I thought you meant everyone on a different hole, because they do that. They call yeah, it a no, shotgun yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, you don't First mean that. Hole. Everyone's oh. on hole one, yes. and it's three, two, one. Off They're off. Yeah. People a getting a six system. irons in the face. A grid system. Go on. Well, because somebody's got to be at the front. So, oh, you Like the marathon, they all start at once. All start at once. Oh, it's not hilarious about the marathon. Yeah. It's never staggered. You think they've got the system? People are trying to pick off the player who falls. Well, that's part of the challenge. Yeah. You get a bonus. Could you snooker somebody? Effectively, wow. by um, you know, on the green, You're basically just putting your ball in front of where their ball is. That's yeah. nice. You it's wouldn't get many mods playing, would you? Because you wouldn't want a target on your back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob Mills. Three goals for Natalie Sawyer. Excellent. Stephen says here: true sporting equality. Yes, it's been long enough now. The assumption of how we title sports, and it's time to finally get with the 21st century. Name all. Men's sports, men's at the beginning. Why do we have boxing and women's boxing? Mm -hmm. Why do we have football and women's football, rugby and women's rugby? Why not men's football, men's rugby, men's boxing? It's just daft. Why do we automatically assume, like with the Americans, with the dot coms, they don't have to put the country at the end of it because they just assume with the plus one dialing code. We've been annoyed about that for years. Why can't we apply quality to sports as well? Look, look at the sports out there, okay, right? It's just daft that we have to say the women's FA Cup. You know, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I mean, yes, you've got the FA that covers it. So why we don't have a women's FA? The FA covers both of them so why not have men's before the names of each of the sports I mean you know we get some of the way there with athletics and tennis but realistically assuming men I think is just antiquated and out of date I know a lot of people listening right now to talk sport are thinking this is daft but in the future they'll look back on the fact that we didn't do this and see just how cavemen-esque we were okay now the only direct competition mixed sports I've looked up where this won't apply are the ones where men actually take on women and this doesn't mean things like mixed doubles and stuff like that yeah. where you have to be a specific gender so the ones that do not have to follow this rule are equestrian events uh, formula one rifle shooting Ultimate Frisbee, dog sled racing, and Quidditch. They're literally the only sports <laughs> and one of those where men up. compete with women. No, Quidditch Which does exist, apparently. Golf. Yeah. Quidditch. Yeah. It's not real, isn't it? That's not real. I've seen it? it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it, Stephen. I just think we could lose it altogether. 
Well, lose, saying so, lose, so instead of adding men's, lose women's. Just lose women's. Right, lose women's, which was a... Uh, <laughs> it's a lovely show. It's been <laughs> yeah, absolutely fabulous. Well, it is now, isn't it? You know? yeah, yeah. Shane McDonald I used to like on it. Oh, I love your opinions. Let's, um, let's lose the sport as well. Just People do. just turn up at venues <laughs> and they have no idea what's going to be played or whom by. Stephen, it was a brilliant point, but I'm going to give you two goals. Right. Nick. Hello. I've got here more than a mid-season break. Yes. Oh. What's actually really upset me, we know it's a Olympic year, we know it's Olympic year, and I read an article the other day that said that they were thinking of having kite surfing oh, in the Olympics. So I want to put forward the idea that the Olympics get scrapped now. It's just got <laughs> greedy to tell you that any any sport they will take it on. They have golf at the Olympics, mm -hmm. they have tennis at the Olympics, and then I thought, actually, do you know what? The whole world of sport has gone mad. We need two years off, no sport. We need to get rid of all sport no for two sport. years. Let's take a step back and think about what it is we have created on this blinking planet. Okay. Just anything can be a game these days. I blame William Webb Ellis. OK. OK? Because you pick a ball up while playing football doesn't mean you've invented a new game. It means you're cheating. <laughs> All right? You are cheating. That is not inventing a new game. Okay. That is ruining the old game. Okay. All right? I hate any of those sort of games. Mm. Ball sports. It should not count. It should not count if the ball doesn't move. Golf. It's a stationary ball. Of course you can hit it. Football. Proper snooker, exactly so. We need to get rid of all of these motorsport. For God's oh, sake, yeah, yeah. motorsport. Okay. We need to go back and decide once again what are the proper sports. Motorsport, the beautiful, the melding of, 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 of human athleticism and human invention. They mm. say, well, put a toaster at the top of a ladder, okay? <laughs> and let's call it toast steering. It is not a sport <laughs> just because there is something technical so and are, something what are physical. The proper sports, Football, Football and cricket. That's it. Is it? That's it. <laughs> so let's go back. People can then apply Two. again. That's a pretty short Olympics. Yeah, we, they can apply, and over the years, we may. I'm not saying that I'm right. No. We can allow some of these sports back mm. in. Okay, I think running, jumping, fair enough. These are proper Running sports. and jumping. Yeah, that's Olympics. Maybe, if you want to go back to the very beginning, chariot racing or wrestling. You can have those. But really, we need to stop, go back, think about what it is that we want from sport, think what sports are, start again with football and cricket, and then we can add one in every now and again. It's a huge... It's a huge leap. It's, it's, it's heresy. It's heresy. It really is heresy. Oh, yeah. Nick, it's a great answer, so I can only give you three goals. Finally, Simon, we come to you, uh, and we, I've got in here the penalty lottery. I believe that, you know, footballers are under enormous pressure as it is, and I think the penalty is just one step too far. You know, you see them. It can make or break a footballer's career. So what I've decided is they have, like, a random computer, like, like Ernie or something like that, right? And if there's a penalty decided, they spin it, and whoever's seat number comes up has to come out and take the pen. Yeah. Lovely. Because, you know, let's see, how, let's see how you like it, you know what I mean? You're yeah, all there shouting. On. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. the very important rule is that you also have to go back to your seat, even if you miss. Yeah. <laughs> a, longer, oh, wow. a longer walk oh, than the yes, one back the halfway line. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, just, I just think, it, you know, it give the players a bit of time to reflect yeah. and, you know, get themselves together. And it would also be a more fan participation because, of course, this applies to penalty shootouts as well. So on a, on a penalty shootout, oh. you can have like you can have eleven fans, yeah, lovely, all yeah. being pulled down from the stands randomly. And if you had left to miss the traffic, you could have an empty seat. 
goal to the other team. Sorry, oh, the seat's empty. You see, we're solving one issue with, with, a, with a new penalty. rule. That's Simon, it's excellent. I like it. I like it. I'm going to give you three goals. It was absolutely excellent. You can't buy success, although you can if you spend huge amounts of money. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Glory Hunters the podcast from Talk Sports. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both teams' history. Stephen and Simon, we're going to go back to 1987 and this. Everton Football Club are the kings of English football. Well, not the most graceful lift of the trophy you've ever seen, but who cares about that? Kevin Ratcliffe proudly shows off the trophy. Graham Sharp, the season blighted by injury, but the ultimate prize... The ultimate cure. Everton were crowned first division champions for the second time in three years with a nine-point lead over second-placed Liverpool. That must have been sweet. It was. It must it was have been sweet. That, but that was the last of it, wasn't it? That was it? the last <laughs> of it. And what else do you remember of that year? Here we go. Question one. Everton's achievement was all the more remarkable as leading scorer Gary Lineker had left the club at the start of the season. But which player bagged the most goals in his absence? Was it A? Sheedy takes and scores! Hooper couldn't come up with the answer again. That was Kevin Sheedy or B? What a state has put Adrian Heath in and he scored. Adrian Heath or perhaps... Two waiting in the middle... Stephen! Oh, classic! Trevor Stephen. There we are. Which player scored the most goals in his absence? Kevin Sheedy, Adrian Heath or Trevor Stephen? And not my area of expertise, I'm afraid. No, 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 I'm on my own here. If I I was to pick from random, just my memory was that Trevor Stephen was the standout kind of one that everyone talked about. But Sheedy took dead balls. (sighs) 
this is the problem. <laughs> he was good, wasn't he? He, was, he certainly was. So, he scored the best goal I ever... If, if, if another player had scored it, you would have seen it time and time again. I think it was against Ipswich. And they lined the wall up and he put it in the top corner. Yeah. And so, but the ref said, oh, whoa, whoa, I haven't blown. So they made him take it back again. Ugh. So the, the goalie shuffled his wall across, took a step over that way, so he put it in the other corner. Oh, it's just unbelievably good player. Beautiful. I loved Sheedy. Oh, and just for that reason, I'm going to say, I'm going Sheedy. You going for Sheedy? Let's find out. Sheedy takes and scores! Hooper couldn't come up with the answer again. Yeah, Kevin Sheedy. Kevin Sheedy scored 13 league goals that year. Next was Adrian Heath with 11 and then Trevor Stephen with 10. So no one was particularly prolific, but they all chipped in. Yeah, but everyone was scoring from everywhere. Question two. 1987 was an interesting year for your character Damon Grant in the Brookside spin-off series Debbie and Damon as he found himself working as a groundsman at Valley Parade. But can you tell me which ghost is said to haunt the boardroom at Bradford City? What? Is it A, the Duke of Wellington, B, Napoleon, or C, Lord Nelson? Who haunts the boardroom of Bradford City? Duke of Wellington, Napoleon, Lord Nelson. I don't know why you're looking at me in, in amazement at this question. It seems so obvious to me. <laughs> OK, well, if you're going to do it from who has any connection with Bradford, it would be bonkers to be Napoleon, but then that sort of never really stopped it. And um, Nelson was very much a, a sort of a Hampshire and Wiltshire sort of boy. Yeah. So I would only by virtue of method of elimination say Wellington. But that is... Just I've got a great question. I've got a slight problem because because you know they were all around before football. Before started. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it has to be something to do with Bradford. But the this place. is to do with your glory years, Simon, as as, as Damon. Yeah. Popular. Wasn't exactly a glory year. I died. He did die. <laughs> we, were, we were all very sad about it. You should know that. Huge shock. <laughs> is up there with Zamo Maguire dying. There is people now watching on <laughs> gold. Was gutted because you've oh. just ruined just for <laughs> they are absolute spoiler I do right, apologise give me an answer the Duke of Wellington Napoleon or Lord Wellington. Nelson Wellington you've gone Wellington the answer is Lord Nelson wow the wood panelling in the boardroom is said to come from one of his ships oh, bad luck why did you not know that it. unbelievable question three 1987 was also the year that saw which of the following players make their debut was it A here's Letizia to say farewell. Matt Letizia, or was it? And there's no offside. Ian Wright! Ian Wright, or perhaps... Shearer hits it! Oh, what a goal! Alan Shearer. Who made their debut in 1987? Letiz, Ian Wright, or Alan Shearer? Well, Shearer's Blackburn striker first year of the Premier League, wasn't he? He, went, he, he got transferred there yeah. for big money. Yes. And he was young then. Yeah, he was still playing in 99, mm. uh, so like, what, a 14-year career or something like that? So, so I mean, like, it would be right, right at the beginning. But then they're going to pick ones that are right at the beginning anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Letizia is hard to say. Letizia is the one that is, I think, the oldest of those three. Um, but there's not much He's always it. been older. But, then, but yeah. he played until he was older. He's always been 52. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He always, had a, he's always, he always had a slight paunch, didn't he? Well, <laughs> he was that good, he could go for a pint before the match. Yeah. Looks like a tall steptoe. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going for then? Matt Letizia, oh. Ian Wright or Alan Shearer? 
Um, I'm, I'm, I have no idea, but I'm more than happy for you to let you guess. Simon. Do you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my initial instinct just because of age and say Alan Shearer. I'm going to go Alan Shearer. Let's find out. Here's Letizia! Farewell. The answer was Matt Letizia. Mm. So at the end of that round, you scored one goal, which makes it 11 10. Natalie and Nick, we're going to go back to the year 2000 and this. Cavalier pulls it back across the form. He couldn't miss. Brilliantly quick thinking from Stoke to take the free kick. Bristol are protesting to Kevin Lynch about the taking of it. Yes, Peter Thorne's goal in the 82nd minute saw Stoke beat Bristol City at Wembley to lift the Football League trophy. But what else do you remember of that year? Question one. The club dedicated their win to the memory of Stoke legend Sir Stanley Matthews, who'd passed away earlier that year. But can you tell me what was the pre-match meal favoured by the great man? Was it A. Steak, egg and chips B. Mushroom omelette C. A drink consisting of raw eggs, milk and four heaped teaspoons of glucose powder. He was ahead of his time in his refuelling in the same way that Gazza was behind his time. Um, <laughs> I think it probably was the eggs and the glucose, but... No, you, no you, you know better. I mean, obviously this was at Blackpool because in Stoke you can't get eggs, milk or glucose. <laughs> um, there's a statue of him, isn't there, in Hanley Town Centre? There's a statue in Hanley Town Centre. There's a statue of him outside the ground. Is there? Mm. Did you ever meet him, Nick? Yes, I did. Oh. I did. I met him the, the time before when we won the autoglass. I did the, the dinner for the players and died a terrible, terrible oh, death. Oh, lovely. And I sat next to Stanley Matthews <laughs> and had the great pleasure of having him say, I think you better sit down, son. <laughs> oh, one of the worst days there of my life. Well, there oh, we are. Yes. Oh, oh, please, yes. we can li yes. listen back but, to it now. But not, not, yes, not as bad as Bob Mills, who once did stand up for the England squad <laughs> and pretended to faint. He went so badly. Yes, he did. He pretended oh, to faint. We'll ask him, though. Next time he's faint. on, we'll ask him, that. Ask him. Ask him. Maybe that's what the whole Torval and Dean thing is, a smokescreen from telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> Steak, egg and chips, mushroom omelette. Or a drink of this raw eggs, instinct. milk and four heaped teaspoons of glucose I, powder. I'll go for that. You're going to go for C? Yeah. The answer is C. Yeah. There it is. Raw eggs, milk, four heaped... So glucose and protein and calcium. Question two. Who became the most expensive player in English football that year? Was it A? Hasselback. He's fired it past David Seaman. That was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank or B? Perez. Oh, beauty. A real... Robert Perez, or perhaps... Ferdinand, he's done it again! Rio Ferdinand. So was it Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Robert Perez, or Rio Ferdinand? Yeah. We'll go for Rio Ferdinand. Uh, Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand. 18 million. The answer is Rio Ferdinand. Oh. There we are, 18 million. It was the biggest 17. transfer for a defender yes. Yes. ever at the yeah. time, yeah. wasn't it? There yes. we are. Question three. <laughs> 2000 was also the year of this. Not a bad looking one, it's through here. And England have the lead through Alan Shearer. Shearer's arm is raised in salute. Yes, England won their only game of Euro 2000 against Germany, but defeats against Portugal and Romania saw them exit the tournament at the group stages. But can you remember who performed the official England song that year? Was it A? <laughs> And deck or B? Will we have 
Fat Les or C? That's Embrace. Who do you think, Natalie? I think Embrace was a bit later. And I feel like Ant and Deck would be later as well, but I'm not sure. What do you think, Nick? I'm not really up with the charts. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember back home. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? That popular tune. Yes. Um, oh, I'm going to go Fat Les. You're going to go Fat Les? Let's find out. Yes, it was Fat Les, and you got three out of three in that round. Congratulations, very good. Which makes it Everton 11, Stoke City 13. I feel as sick as the proverbial donkey. Now, here on Glory Hunters, we like to probe our panellists in the nicest way possible, and that's why we do this. Steam panel are about to meet an inquisitive general public as we play A Question of Sport Time. Go to our first question, please. Hi, panel. What goal would you guys most like to have scored? Yes, what goal would the panel most like to have scored? Stephen Grant. You know what? The only goal that bumps into my head when I think about this immediately is the Gaza goal against Scotland. Oh, oh lovely, yeah. In the 96 Euros, because it's just, it's got that sort of almost poetic dance-like yeah. sort of, did that really happen about yeah. it? And also, it was the one that, if you remember at the time, just let everybody try to recreate yeah, because it was just so beautiful. The kind of like catching the volley on the left foot, yeah. and then kind of scoring with the right, and and um, and everyone would recreate. Well, actually, they wouldn't recreate the goal. They'd recreate the actual goal celebration, which was basically lying down on the floor of the pub while somebody's <laughs> chair. Basically, yeah. So he said it was a dentist chair, but it was quite clearly a day out drinking, wasn't it? I mean, it was this Gaza we're talking about here, but it was just perfect. Who doesn't want to recreate that goal? Perfect answer, three goals. Natalie Sawyer. Uh, well, I'm taking you back to 1999. Now, you can have all your wonder goals and the goals yeah. of class and technique, but taking you to Cumbria oh, and yeah. your team is fighting for survival. Yeah, you are lovely. also, uh, well, this is the game. that If you lose, you will be relegated, yeah. not from, like, as it, was, as it is now, League One to League Two, but out of the Football League altogether. Yeah. The other team that you're up against in terms of who could go down, they're taking on Peter, or that is Scarborough. They have already finished their game, so they've got a vital point as things stand. They're actually celebrating already because they think that they are going to stay up. But imagine then the Scarborough fans' horror when they hear there has been a goal at Brunton Park and that goal has come for Carlisle, who have earned themselves mm. a corner right at the end of the game. Time is running out. Uh, the ref could blow up at any time, allows that corner to happen. It's do or die. Everyone is in the Plymouth box, as is the goalkeeper uh, from Carlisle, and it is the goalkeeper who scores the goal. Oh, Jimmy Glass's historic goal beautiful. keeps them in the Football League. So I think if you're able to score a goal that actually keeps your side yeah, in the league, that has to be the most amazing goal to have scored. Beautiful. And there's a statue of him. And outside there's a statue of that. He was on loan. He was, he was, on, loan. <laughs> he was, he was yeah. on loan. And I think it's Nigel Pearson was the manager that day, I think. Oh, If you want to get yeah. three points, ask a talky fan about a goal against Plymouth. <laughs> <laughs> and in many ways, you will sweep. That's true, actually. 
I've done the right good, thing there. Good answer. Well, well, answer. Jimmy Glass, it was a smashing answer. There we go. Jimmy very, very good. Jimmy. Three goals. Yeah, I love you, sir. like Nick Hancock. OK, well, I'd like to choose a goal that I think takes us back to a, to a purer time in football. A goal that um, shows respect for referees, shows... Um, uh, just a simpler attitude to the okay. game and the rules of the game long before VAR it's a goal that hates VAR indeed it's Alan Hudson's goal for Chelsea against Ipswich Town on the 26th of September 1970 um, balls laid back to him Hudson struck it wide of the goal hitting the stanchion and coming back into play and the referee because he had the power gave a goal no. it had clearly missed by a long oh. long long <laughs> A long way. And you have to remember at the time, Stamford Bridge, the stand wasn't right behind the goal. There was like a car park yep, behind Everybody it. saw you it. You could not have missed how far <laughs> this ball had gone wide of the post. Now, not for them have the game replayed. No appeals. Just look, if the Give referee him. says it's a goal, Deal with it, it is a yes. goal. None of your Stockley Park, which incidentally <laughs> they call it Stockley Park because they think stupid, stupid football fans will think it's Bletchley Park. And in fact, the UK's greatest mathematicians are there working out all of these things with some prototype computer and Alan Turing. No, 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 no. This was a pure game. And my favourite thing about that particular game was that then Ipswich scored direct from an indirect free kick. Chelsea won 2 1, including the goal that missed. And the, the uh, team announcer at the end, the, the which is good job you've done yourself, son, said, and at the end of the game, um, uh, as far as we can tell, it's 2 1 to Chelsea. <laughs> 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 which I think is a fantastic really thing for fantastic. the to say. So there you go, Alan. It's a great answer. We all learned something. Unfortunately, I'm going to take one goal off because oh. you reminded me of VAR. Oh. Which is a big shame, Nick. But uh, oh, I, I, I love the story. A fantastic story. Thank mm. you very much. Two goals to you, though. Simon O'Brien. It would be Dennis Bergkamp. The oh, little yes. flick round. Yes. What, flicks the ball round one way, goes round the other way. Defender doesn't even know what day it is anymore. This is not how you play football. And then just yeah, pops beautiful. in. I, I, every single person, you all know, you were watching that game, you went... What? <laughs> he done that? Yeah. I think he was the most graceful footballer we've, yeah. e we've ever had in this in, in this country. I, yeah. I, I'm a big, big fan of Bear Camp. Brilliant. And I met Brilliant. him once when he was young, when he when he was still at Ajax. Yeah. And I think Madrid had just come in for him, right? And this is the Ajax way. Madrid had just come in and offered some phenomenal amount of money, like twelve million quid back in the day or something like that. And I went, so uh, you're looking sweet there. And he said, No, I'm not going to go. I went. It's Real Madrid, you know. He says, "Yeah, but you know, I, I think I I exit maybe two more seasons." Oh, really? Yeah, and really? Stayed with his club because they brought him through the Ajax system oh, instead man. of taking the big money move. And of course, never went there. We came to, went over to Arsenal. So, so for his for his modesty and the right attitude to yeah. football mm -hmm. at Ajax and the grace of the goal, it'd be Dennis Bergkamp. Where was goal. that goal? Newcastle, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Great, great goal. Um, but I like my goal scorer's arrogant, unfortunately. So I'm going to give you two goals. <gasps> In the dying moments of the game, we move into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. The losing side goes first, which is currently Everton. I'm going to list some of the unlikeliest friendships in sport. All you've got to do is tell me which are true and which are false. 
When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. That is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. Are we ready? Your time starts now. Jordan Henderson and LeBron James. True. It is true. Jose Mourinho and Alan Bennett. False. It is false. David Beckham and Tom Cruise. True. It is true. Sam Allardyce and The Rock. False. It is false. Joe Hart and 50 Cent. True. It is true. Floyd Mayweather and Justin Bieber. True. True. Lionel Messi and Alec Baldwin. True. It's false. Andy Murray and Joe Pesci. False. It is false. (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo and Lil Wayne. True. True. Danny Ings and Michael Gove. False. It is false. (laughs) Serena Williams and Kim Kardashian. Oh, true. It is true. Pele and Mick Hucknall. False. It's true. Harry Kane and Michael Buble. False. It's false. Gary Lineker and Willie Thorne. True. It is true. Neil Warnock and Jay-Z. False. It is false. Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un. False. It's true. Robbie Keane and Morrissey. Uh, True. It's true. Graham, Sunes and Ryland. False. It's false. Ronaldo and Ed Sheeran. That is the last question. Thank Ronaldo you very much Sheeran. indeed. I can't believe the king of Ronaldo, 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 Ronaldo and Ed Sheeran. Ronaldo and Ed Sheeran. Yes, true or false? Uh, I'm going to absolutely say true. It's true. There we are. An excellent round. You were on fire, Stephen. Well, he was good. At the end of that round, you scored 16. Very, very good. Which takes you to 40 goals. Wowzers. Next up, it's Stoke City, who are currently on 27 goals. And I'm going to list a series of footballers and their tattoos. All you have to do is tell me which are true and which are false. You need 14 to win. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Click Google instead of make stupid questions. Okay, are we ready? Footballers and their tattoos, true or false? Your time starts now. Lionel Messi, his wife's lips on his torso. True. True. It is true. Jamie Vardy, an image of Roy of the Rovers. False. It is false. Sergio Ramos, his shirt numbers on his fingers. True. It is true. Jordan Pickford, goalkeeper gloves on his chest. False. False. It's false. Marco Materazzi, a stack of trainers on his back. False. It's true. Kevin De Bruyne, Bugs Bunny on his arm. False. It's false. Jay Bothroyd, weapons that spell out the word love. True. It's true. Pep Guardiola, an image of the Manchester Ship Canal running across his shoulder blades. False. It is false. Deli Alley, the baby from the Flintstones. False. It's true. Dean Windass, the Extinction Rebellion logo. False. It's false. Fernando Torres, his name spelt in the language from Lord of the Rings. True. It's true. Wayne Rooney, a picture of Peppa Pig. False. It's false. Hector Bellerin, shirt number on his thigh. True. It's true. Sergio Aguero, something spelt in the language from Lord of the Rings, but he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> false. It's true. What? <laughs> Eric Cantona, an image of Bruce Lee. False. It's false. Eric Lamella, a picture of a bulldog on his thigh. True. It is true. Niall Ranger, is surname on his head. Click Google instead of make stupid questions. You've gone true. It is true. Well, at the end of that round, you scored the required 14, oh! which takes you to 41 oh, goals. Well done. Fantastic. Can you take anything positive at all from it, Simon, Stephen? Well, we were good and we were beaten by better people. Oh. So, yeah. Does that sound like... It doesn't sound that positive. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was bad and they were better than me. <laughs> and also, you know, you know, we, we, you know, Everton never win anything. Stoke win even less. So it's, you know, it's nice. I, I, nice you know them. what it's it feels like. It's a generosity in many yeah. ways. Yeah. Nice from to have a go, isn't it? There we are. And winners, what message do you think it sends out to the, for the rest of the season, Nick? Well, I just think, you know, we'll put that behind us now. We need to be thinking about the next game. You've got Fulham on Friday. Thank you very much, lads. And I particularly like the fact you you said we were better people than you. <laughs> that was kind. I think the message is always played to the whistle as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like I wish I could take goals off for that answer, but I can't <laughs> now. The game's over. Not now. Not now. <laughs> to our winners, we say. My, my, my.
for the losers. Flat, no urgency. They keep saying, oh, well, you know, next game, next... For some of them, there won't be another game for them. That's the reality for it. My thanks to Natalie, Stephen, Simon and Nick. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. Massive congratulations, Nick, Natalie. I have to say, I was going into that last round for us. I mean, they were, they were tremendous. They were I was good. a bit worried, yeah. but we pulled it out bad. By one. One. That's all we need. That's all you need, yeah. It was, it was um, tattoos in the end, then, Stephen, and you've got uh, a cycling tattoo. Have I you? have, yeah, yeah. Would you like to show everyone, show the class? So, two and a half years ago, I had a major accident that smashed up my collarbone and everything like that. I'd sort of air ambulance a lot, and I've got a steel plate going from there to there, the big scar that goes with it. So, every time I look at it, I always get a bit depressed. So, I've done a little <laughs> tattoo of myself. Incredible. Going got down. A tattoo of himself. <laughs> Did the NHS do that? <laughs> <laughs> that's really good, isn't it? They don't offer that's, that as well. Perhaps we'll put that on uh, the Twitter feed as well. There we are. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Do rate and subscribe and review. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 